Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. It's Laura here. In this episode, we talk about domestic violence and coercive control, which I know can be distressing for some of our listeners. So if you need resources or support, you can call 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732 or the 24-hour online services. If you a child or another person you know is in immediate danger, please call triple zero. You may have heard that domestic violence is not just physical abuse. Just because they don't hit you might not mean you're not experiencing domestic violence. But the question then comes to what is non-physical forms of domestic violence? As mum and I have been talking to members and listening to podcast questions, we've realised some people don't notice these things as domestic violence. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about the four things that you might not realise are DV that are going under the radar. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk about these four types of under the radar domestic violence. Mm. And then we're going to talk about, we, then we're going to provide everybody with some questions they can ask themselves. Yes. To maybe make them think about what situation they're in and see just to check if you maybe are in a domestic violence situation or a coercive controlled situation. Mm, And then we're, of course, going to give you some um, directions on where you can go if you feel like that is your case. So thank you for coming along today, Mum. Yes. Well, thank you, Laura. I think these are a good set of questions that we've come up with. I'm really interested to have people understand this issue. Mm. Mm. All right. So first of all, of course, like we just said, domestic violence can be physical, of Mm. course. But there are these other types. And one of the things that you've noticed, Mum, is the one that flies under the radar is silent treatment or sulking. Yes, absolutely. Mm. absolutely. And over the years, and I've had so many people who have their separation is um, characterised by a very long period of silent treatment mm-hmm. or their whole marriage is silent treatment. Uh, if they do anything wrong, they get five to six weeks of silent treatment. Mm. Um, that yeah. can't be great for mental health either. No. And, and it's, you know, you realise it's being done to you. Mm. It's not, uh, it's, it's actually an act of um, isolating you and making you feel bad. So, yes, silent treatment is a big red flag for me for coercive control um, of people. Yes. And because you do things to avoid the silent treatment. Yes. And I think that's, if you are in a position where you've said, I just need some time to think about this or I need to step away for a moment to calm down Mm -hmm. and then I'll talk to you. That's not really silent treatment, is it? No. No. But if they're just flat refusing to talk to you for the next hour or 10 days or years. Well, you know, it's a punishment, isn't it? Mm. So when they do it that way, it's a punishment Mm. and it it weighs on you so much. It's teaching you, okay, if I do that again... I'll get the silent get treatment, the silent again, treatment. so I won't do that again. Yes, and the children are learning. Well, the children, if there's children in the house, they're not silly. They will see that you know that You're person's not talking, not talking to, to you. Yes. It, it's juvenile. Yes, actually, can you get? You can't get away with that in the workplace, can you? Like, 
it's not really a behavior so. that is no. is exposed outside. So it is it is a very under the radar kind of domestic violence yeah. situation. And of course, it's not physical. It's yeah. not physically harming you, but that could really mess with you mentally. It, it does. And like if you if you and a friend have a tiff, mm. you might not email each other or or text or whatever you do with each other each day. But that's not silent treatment. That's legitimate. You're not sitting in front of them, mm. sometimes sharing a bed with this person and they're not talking to you mm. is demoralising in the extreme mm. and it's meant to control your behaviour and to teach you a lesson. Now, also that can fit into the cycle of abuse pattern where, you know, you do something wrong, that you get the silent treatment and then there's a blow up or they eventually come back to being nice to you again yes. and then you have to walk on eggshells to make sure... You don't get the silent silent treatment treatment again. again. So that's in the pattern. So have a little think about that and see if that's something maybe that you've experienced. It really feeds into the rules. Okay. People have rules. So this is one of the Mm. other number two thing Mm. that uh, can fly under the radar of domestic violence where you might not realise it, um, where there's this list of unspoken rules that you have to follow in order to keep the peace. Yes. Or not to, be yeah, getting silent or the treatment. Silent, that's right, to avoid. Yeah. And each time you get the silent treatment from your partner, they're teaching you to obey these unwritten rules, mm. you know. And mm. so, um, and it's often one person controls mm. uh, the re- what happens in the house and what happens in the relationship. So, so, uh, so yeah. an example of an unspoken rule might be, can you think of an example? Yep. Uh, don't ever mention... Uh, my mental health, or don't ask me about my father. Okay. Or don't ask me where I went today. No, don't ask me where I went. Don't um, don't question me when I come home late, or mm. don't come home at all. Or the unspoken rule is if I come home and dinner's not ready, yes, there's going to be there's trouble. Going to be trouble. Yeah. Or something that's going to play into the next one. If you spend money without talking to me and getting my permission. Oh yes. Yes. Or or the unspoken rule such as who can come over. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. If they're very rude to your friends, uh, your friends might stop coming over. But or sometimes they stop. just tell you that the the other party just tells you don't have them over again mm. and they control who you have in your home. So if you've got unspoken rules, I guess you can have a think now and go, okay, I'm in this relationship or I've just been out of the relationship. Mm. What are the unspoken rules? What are the things that I know that if I do... I'm going to get in a lot of trouble, whether it's silent treatment or what. Mm. Well, the other thing to think of is if you've come through it, mm. what are the little things that you enjoy doing now <laughs> that you would have got in trouble for yes. before, like yes. wearing socks to bed, um, using the wrong saucepan, using uh, a good knife for something that it's not intended to, I mm. don't know, eating ice cream twice a day. Mm. All of those little things that you're being, you're enjoying now, obviously. Might have you been unspoken being, rules. Yeah, could have been unspoken rules in yeah. your previous relationship and another test is to ask yourself are those unspoken rules something that you would have been embarrassed to tell your family about or your friends so instead of saying your friends might say hey did you want to come out tonight we're going to be doing xyz and you know that the unspoken rule is you can't go out with those people because they're jealous or they don't like them you're not going to say oh no my my partner won't allow me to Mm. you're going to say oh I've got something on Mm -hmm. if you're making excuses to hide these unspoken Mm -hmm. rules that's a good sign a bad Mm. sign that it is potentially domestic violence and another one is if you've got something you must go to like Christmas with family or whatever 
um, the only way that you can go is by being super nice beforehand and buttering them buttering them up so that you can go or you you can only go if then they're allowed to go to the sportsman's club or whatever Mm. that you know there's it's like who died and made them boss really or you have to trade off yes uh, some other thing that Mm. you love Mm. and you have to give that up in order to be able to get this other thing so it's it's a lot of um good girl bad girl yes uh and it does kind of sound like as well you're negotiating with your parent Yes. Instead of your partner. That's right. And the good girl, bad girl thing is a very good analogy because mm. you are being trained with these complex rules. Sometimes they're very subtle, but you gradually get trained over the years to know what sets the other person off mm. and what causes things. And your life will be shrinking. Mm. Um, and if it is coercive control, they are probably picking the things that give you joy. That spark you, make yes. you happy and, and make so, you you. That's right. And they'll start chipping those away. Mm. Mm. Okay. So we've got sulking and silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Then number two is, do you have unspoken rules that maybe, you know, you wouldn't say out loud or when mm-hmm. you do say them out loud, it sounds silly mm-hmm. or you hide it from your family and friends. And then it goes into number three, which is money. So that, that if you... Maybe you've got an unspoken rule where you're not allowed to touch the money or mm. you you just have no control over the money. Do you know what I hear a lot? Oh, um, they give me $150 a week for mm. groceries or they um, pay the groceries. They they don't let me buy groceries unless they're with me and they pay for it. Or they're so gracious they allow me to spend $200 a week on, on clothes. Or they shop for me. Yes. Uh, and they bring those clothes home and... and they don't like what I buy. Yes. They choose other clothes for me. But it's it, it, the control of the money is the control of your freedom. Mm. So um, another one I came across where there was never really much fuel in the car mm. and another person, uh, their ex, their partner, used to check the mileage mm. on the car to make sure they only went where they said they were going. And, gosh, these days with phones and Find My iPhones and mm. those tracking apps, mm. goodness And me, we're going to get that we'll into, get into in that. a minute. Yes. So I guess with with a lot of the ladies that we've spoken to recently, mm. um, and there's been some men where the, the I, I, I spoke to a lady who had a card that he would put money in mm. for her. And then he would go through it and say, why did you spend money on this? Why did you buy this many coffees? And Mm. and really drill down. When when realistically, when you're a team, when you're a partnership. It's your money too. It's your money too. And I think there's still a little bit of a residual olden days thoughts that just because, you know, they're the man maybe. Maybe. You know, that somehow... You know, that's not your place that's to right. say. Yep, it, it's very 1950s or 1940s. Yes. And I was listening to a fabulous podcast yesterday mm-hmm. about the strength of some medieval women. Mm. And there's this impression that women are gradually regaining their power since the 70s when I was a teenager um, and we're getting better and better. But the reality was we had been terribly oppressed in the 30s, 40s and 50s. Mm. And so one of the tests with this money thing is does does your other person buy whatever they want, indulge mm. their hobbies, spend a fortune on alcohol, mm. uh, cigarettes? And um, you're not allowed to question it. And you're not it. allowed to question it and you're not allowed to do the same. I mm. mean, if they don't have to ask your permission to do something with the money but you have to ask their permission, mm. then that's not 
fair, and yes. that is a form of DV. And I don't even think it's extreme budgeting. I've seen some people say, oh, we were saving. No, that should be a joint effort mm. and it should be joint decisions and one person doesn't get to enforce it, yes. so to speak. You're both adults. Like you said, it's like talking to a child. Yeah, you've got your partnership. You're not look, doling out pocket money no. for you. And the Family Law Act has always recognised home duties and caring for children as equal to the job that where someone goes out and works. Mm. Well, and ever regardless, since 1978, anyway. you know, some of the women that we speak to are the, the breadwinners. The yep. uh, but to the ones that aren't or the men that aren't, mm. you've got to remember they, the other partner can't make that much money, particularly if you've got kids, unless you are the one who's doing That's the running right. around. So you, you are supporting that making money venture yes. through doing the jobs that the other person probably could. Doesn't have time. Doesn't to have do. time to do. And, and, more and more I'm seeing that even the person who's the main income earner, who gets the most money, mm. hands it over to the other person and they completely control what happens with it. Mm. So, you know, where they don't seem to feel the benefit of their income. Mm. So anything that feels like won't let me... You know, allow. Allow. So if you go shopping with your friends and you see some shoes that you love mm. or you see, uh, I don't know, some some sort of equipment for the garden and you think oh my gosh I love it I would love to get that and your friends go we'll get it and then you go oh in your head or out loud you might say I'm not allowed to Mm. unless there's a reason because you've both sat down and created a budget together that you both agree on that's a red flag it is a red flag yeah and also the other red flag I think is important to note is if you have no idea about the financial situation. Like some people make the decision they don't want to know, okay? Mm. And if that's your choice, then that was your choice. But if you ask, hey, could you explain our situation, Mm. and they don't want to or they avoid it or, you know, because a lot of the ladies we've spoken to recently, they've found out there's a huge debt, a big tax debt, or they've been making loans or getting money out or, you know, and and their names are in businesses and their owners of part of the company, Mm. all of this, and they have no idea until separation. Yes. It's not good. And and it isn't a one-way street. I I had a case years ago where the, the woman in the relationship had used the uh, redraw facility in the mortgage Mm. and put it all through the poker machine. So when my poor client, when they separated, um, he thought they owned their house Mm. and they didn't. They had Mm. nothing nearly. So it's got to you really, like I understand some people are too stressed, but why are you too stressed to know about your finances? Mm. Is it because you think something's going on? Is it because you're not game to ask the other person because you're afraid because of what you're afraid say. of what they say are you getting phone calls or weird letters from you know from card companies are and you things? allowed to read the mail uh, oh yes do yeah. you have any idea what your partner's super is or are they very secretive do about it do you have it? any idea what your partner earns what their salary yes. is yeah because a lot of people don't no isn't that awful yeah but i mean it's there's privacy and privacy yeah but if you're in a relationship yes uh those sort that sort of information should be reasonably mm. well shared. I mm. mean, it's a joint enterprise when you're together. Yes. Mm. So yeah, that that's the money one. Money's yeah. a big one, and and it does fly under the radar because it can be hidden in we're saving or it's a budget or I'm or, doing what's best for the family. Yes. Or or they're better with money than I am. Yes. Which and, is something that can be drilled into you over yes. time. And you're and, bad with money. And that rule. That's right. You can be flagged as bad with money. But that rule also. They give 
give you or allow you to have some money for shopping Mm. and that's kind of a rule it's Mm. unspoken rule is you can't spend more than this Mm. on shopping and and you didn't sit down and create a budget it's just their rule and if their attitude is i own the money so i get to say it's not really a partnership tell them 2023 called (laughs) i would like to invite them in (laughs) i know okay so that leads in again to the checking on you you're invited to our free webinar Whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on Reserve my seat. Register now for our free webinar to help you make the best decision for your future. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. It's not really a partnership. Tell them 2023 called and would like to invite them in. (laughs) I know. Okay, so that leads in again to the checking on you. Mm. So this one goes under the radar as well. We get a lot of people saying, oh, he really cares about me or she really cares Mm. about me. She wants, Or I've got that find my friends app or we've got to find my phone app Mm. so we can find each other. Uh, Or they panic if they don't hear from me for half an hour. Isn't that sweet? Or he just just loves me. She's just interested in me. And you know why I really worry about this one Mm. is because it can be – very early in your next relationship or in a relationship and you feel so loved Mm. that they want to ring and ask where you are and keep tabs. So that needs some hard heart searching because it might be that or it might be control Mm. or it might be just a taste of what might happen. Yes. Once uh, the relationship gets longer and your next relationship, don't be swept away yes. by this. Well, the, I think I think I have um, been reading a little bit about the, the DV situation with uh, people who come out of it mm. and then they seem to misinterpret what love looks like. Yes. Because they they've always counseling. thought love looked like mm. what they had and this constant checking up on and constant calling. If a new partner doesn't do that because they trust you and they believe Mm. you and that, you know, it's Mm. a healthy relationship where you're not hanging on to each other's coattails Mm -hmm. every five seconds. There is this disconnect and a misunderstanding sometimes from women going out of DV that it's, that somehow the new relationship isn't healthy, but it is the other way around. They don't love me because they don't check all the time. Every five seconds. Yeah. yeah. They they don't love me because I just do what I want. And then we come together in the afternoon. So it's so important to go and get counselling if you have gone through any of this to help you get through the other side and not fall back into another pattern where you find somebody else who does the same thing. And not teach your child or children that this is how you love. Mm. This is how to have a relationship. You've got to get yourself sorted so that Mm. Your next relationship is going to be a healthy one. Mm. And that love bombing, I guess, is part of it. It is, isn't it? And then they pull it back and you never you never see that kind of intense, perfect person again. Mm. But the checking up keeps going. Yeah, so there's a so love bombing, in case anybody doesn't understand, it's like mm. a narcissistic tactic. Mm-hmm. But people with narcissistic traits can do it mm. where they just completely bombard you with love flowers letters cards romance and they love whatever you love and they like they want to do whatever you want to do because they don't seem to have their own Mm. um activities and things yes and then they slowly pull that away 
people going through that are like, well, what, what have I done wrong? How do I get that back? Oh, and I better then, not ask about money again or I'd better not uh, do this And then the cycle happens that. and yes. then they'll, they'll do something horrible like ignore you or mm. that cycle and then they'll come back to, oh, the love bombing again. Yeah, so, think, oh, good, it's better. Yes. As long as I don't ever do that, we'll be fine. Mm. So have you ever been love bombed? where all of a sudden they're super romantic or they're super attentive, they're getting you gifts or they're doing things, they're bending over backwards. You've got to ask yourself, why are they doing this? And have they done this before just after they've done something really wrong? It's like Anna on um, Frozen, that prince. He he loved everything about it, you know, and and was finishing each other's and she goes, sandwiches. Yes. (laughs) Um, And, and of course, he was uh, for once... That um, they spoke truth in a Disney movie where Elsa said, "Don't be ridiculous. You can't marry someone you just met." Thank goodness. It's that kind. Of, there often really is a very quick hooking up together, mm. um, very quick uh, proposal of marriage or suggestion of moving in together. And do you before find, you find out what they're really like? Do you find with your clients who've had a partner like mm. that that they your clients are then telling you? like a week or two later, oh, they've repartnered. Oh, my goodness. The ex is repartnered. Yeah, the ex is repartnered and then my client may repartner and start coming in with their new partner into their lawyer visits. Right. And that's That's a red flag to me because they've surrendered, they've moved from one situation where, let's face it, you're kind of codependent Mm. into another situation Mm. where they remain codependent. So I have like firm little talks with my clients and try to get them to go to counselling. So there's a really good idea to move yourself away from the same patterns. There's actually Mm. a book called Reinventing Your Life, which it it helps you identify the patterns that you've been in and how to make sure you don't go back into them. That's great. It's all about patterns. It's all about patterns. So, Mum, we've got the the four things, and now we're going to talk about the questions Mm. to ask yourself. So there's the silent treatment and sulking. Yeah. There's the... Do you have unspoken rules? Um, there's the money mm-hmm. issues and there's the constant checking up on and love bombing. Yes. So the questions uh, that you need to, and again, all of those things individually don't seem so bad. No. But in a pattern mm. over time that may get worse and worse and worse in, in increments, then it is bad. Yeah, It's like you're chipping off the little bits of you that are you to fit some sort of mould mm. that someone else has made. And people lose their identity. I, I knew a lady once, she was in, she joined Toastmasters and she had to give a talk about um, what she was passionate about. She couldn't think of anything she was passionate about and that was mm. just too long in a bad marriage. That's sad. Mm. Okay. All right. So here are some questions that we would like anybody who's still listening to <laughs> to ask themselves. Yes. Hang in there, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you deliberately leave things out when talking to your friends and family mm. about your relationship, about mm. maybe unspoken rules, that's that kind of thing? Or they may say to you, your ex, your partner might say, don't tell anyone. Yes. If you tell, if you tell anyone, then you're betraying our relationship. Or your family and friends won't like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely mm-hmm. ask yourself that question. If you deliberately leave things out, then that is a red it's flag. It's like that meme, I can forgive you for what? you've done but I already told your mum told my mum the next question is are there unspoken rules that you must follow that you're not telling anybody Mm -hmm. Um, the next question is are you afraid to see a lawyer so if you are still living together under one roof 
Uh, you've you've probably decided to split, but are you afraid to see a lawyer? And there's a reason for that, mm. even if it is amicable. Because sometimes, yeah, sometimes if you split, you might still be having a shared bank account and people are terrified mm. of it showing up on the bank account. Next question is, do you know your financial situation? Mm. And if you don't, what would happen if you asked about it? So if you asked your ex or your current partner, hey, can you explain to us how the money comes in and money goes out in this house? Yeah, how about we sit down and work, look at that? And if you're too afraid to ask, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. And if they won't give you the information, that's a red flag. Okay. Um, and are you treated more like a child than a partner? Hmm. Or were you treated more like a child than a partner? Hmm. So there's some pretty uh, sad questions, oh. but it, it kind of explains... That the domestic violence emotional part mm. is really hard to nail down, but when you look at it underneath the, you know, Under the shine the lights. Yeah. It, it's coercive control, and coercive control is a pattern. Mm. One time someone checking up on you, are you okay? Did you get there all right? That sounds fine. It's that where it becomes a constant thing, mm. and... Uh, it's that pattern that constitutes coercive control and the courts are only just beginning to realise um, that coercive control is actually more likely to lead to murder of a partner than uh, a partner who's perhaps been hit mm. in the past. So what do you suggest to anybody who's listening today mm. who has answered any of those questions that flags that red flag mm. what should they be doing you've still got to keep safe you've got to keep physically safe mm -hmm. i think um ring 1800 respect you need to start setting up um quietly um and not get caught setting up a way of getting out an exit um, strategy yeah an exit strategy if you can get to a counsellor without your ex and get some help there i know that the uh, divorce uh, the family violence uh, people in each state will help in those very early days. Mm. What worries me is there's not a lot of long-term support for for people escaping from domestic violence. So you will need to have family and friends rally around or at least have a plan. Mm -hmm. um, but keep safe because people subject to coercive control are the most at-risk people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's hard. So the first protocol for anybody before you make any moves is definitely go and ring 1-800-RESPECT mm -hmm. or find the the state domestic violence yep. person, that it, that phone number that you can call. We have yep. the list in the show notes. Yes. Um, but it is important that you identify that. Yep. Now, if they're already out of mm. the situation, mm. um, does this... You've still got to be careful. Yeah. You still do have to be careful. Do they need to tell their lawyers or the court? Absolutely. They need to tell their lawyers what the situation is. They shouldn't underestimate mm. what their partner might do as they lose control. Mm. Um, I think that uh, you can expect attempts to have you come back mm. um, and expect your lies and so forth like that. But mm. I, I think it's important to confide in your friend, but not friends that might be swayed by your ex mm. to start looking at you negatively. You don't want to tell everything to someone who leaks back to your ex. So probably not a joint friend. No, and not a friend that was a friend that was able to come to the house and be your friend through the relationship. Your best support will be those friends who 
dropped off from coming around mm. who your ex doesn't like mm. um they would have they've dropped off because they could see what's happening or family members that you've had to shut yes, out yes yeah absolutely yeah. so you go back to before you got involved with this person and get your support there mm. and you know don't like i said don't underestimate them mm. uh, as they begin to lose control they might lose control of themselves so you're doing yourself and them a favor if you put yourself out of the reach and the other thing is don't underestimate the effect it has had on you because mm. when you're making these decisions in the early days and even through for the next couple of years, the behaviours and patterns of abuse that you have been exposed mm. to may still be lingering in oh, the background and making, and making you do things that don't make sense mm. in the new reality. So definitely be mindful of what your triggers are, what the patterns of abuse yep. were, what things you weren't allowed to do and make sure that you're either not overdoing them now or, you, <laughs> or you've gotten counselling for it yes. because that, that will help you move forwards into a healthier yes. relationship because just leaving them is great but but you're, getting them you're out re, of your you've head. You've got to be rewired. Getting them do. out of your head is the best way mm, to move forward. Mm. And, in fact, really it's the only way. Yes. And you can do a lot of online counselling. I think I've mentioned before that in New Zealand the victim and the perpetrator of domestic violence both have compulsory counselling. Oh, that's fantastic. Because they did identify that some people would go from one d- domestic violence relationship to another mm. and because that's the sort of love they... Yeah, they're you know, used to. It's they're the used pattern. To. They've been looking for. You, f- you fall into the pattern that you're most familiar with, yes. and the children do too. So if you've had a domestic violence mm. relationship as, and you were the child, it's more likely you're going to end yeah. up in one. So you need to model that behaviour for your kids Absolutely. for the better. And, and you might feel diminished without a strong, controlling partner, mm. uh, but that's not healthy. You need to feel strong in yourself. Yeah. And, and then you can stand things. beside your partner, yeah. And and we can all do the things that everybody else can do. So yeah, it's all about working on that. And I think there's no need to justify to people that don't matter. Yes, that's right. That you're going through DV. There's no reason to justify your coercive control situation that yeah. you've had. So if people start asking, oh, well, that's ridiculous, mm. saying si- silent treatment isn't coercive mm-hmm. control or domestic violence, do you care what they think? No. No. And don't waste your time worrying about and, it. And and don't hide it either. Don't be guilty about it. I mean, I always say, don't I, Laura? If, yeah. they, if they didn't want you to talk about it, they shouldn't have done it. Yes. And so I reckon let it all hang out. Tell the world. But <laughs> But before you take that, there is a lot of defamation cases that happen oh i'm thinking amber heard yes you're right so you can totally get done for defamation yes if you go on a tiktok oh no don't do that or facebook oh, or goodness. social media no. and say my ex was coercive control no. here are all the things he did but there is but tell your friends yes. tell your counsel explain them tell the, yeah. your close friend you've chosen you need to debrief that's right mm. and and mum i think when it comes down to court mm. Uh, we have done an episode just recently that was yes. really popular called Family Violence and the Family Court. Yes. So in that episode, we discuss what happens in the family court. How it applies. How it applies, mm-hmm. what you can do. How you prove it. Definitely go listen to that episode if this is you, if you mm. have gone through this. If you're Aww. ticking some of those flags, then you need to go and listen to that episode yeah. as well. Yeah. And all of this is general advice. Do not make any decisions based off what 
mum and I have said. No, no, no. But we're just trying to flag it because so many people we've spoken to recently. They don't know. They don't understand. And I think it's because oh, I thought it was very well known, but I guess there's mm. there, it, it's I guess it's a topic that's not really explored until someone you know or yourself has gone yeah. through it. Or until you've left and then you see it all. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and it's surprising, isn't it, Laura, that, that a lot of people, um, they've got degrees, they're professionals, they've got their own businesses and they are still actually subject to coercive control by the other party mm. who may not be half as accomplished or talented or even earning half as much as they. Mm. So... If you think it's something that just happens to un- uneducated, poor people, it's, yeah. that's not true. No. And, and mm. I think there's nothing to be ashamed of no. because the rates it's at the them. moment are so high mm. that it's likely that you know at least two other people. And I think if we normalise talking about it, yes. particularly, you know, the professionals, mm. people with, you know, highly educated women mm. who are hiding it and mm. men... I think it's time that we all just talk about it. Do you know, when I was a little girl, um, physical domestic violence uh, was, of course, it was just called a domestic situation and no one got involved. And Mm. it was often that women would have black eyes, bruises on their arms, and and it was probably pretty well accepted by maybe even 10 out of 10% of the public that a man could, what they used to say, knock his wife around. Wow. You know? Um, beat her and that's changed Mm. it's no longer normal and I think most people in any relationship know that if they raise a hand to you you're out Mm. and they're out and so actually over the years that that norm has changed Mm. and now we need to change the coercive control that has to some extent replaced it yes and then I would like to think that in another 50 years or so no one does that to mm. anybody in mm. a relationship, just like almost no one physically assaults their partner anymore. It's very few, and it's actually a criminal offence now. Mm. But back then, if it was in the context of a marriage... Then no one would touch no it. No one would save you. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that's right. If, so, again, if, it's, if you haven't been hit... It doesn't mean it's not domestic violence. Mm. If you've gone through these patterns of abuse, any of these red flags at all, go see a psychologist, go speak to your family doctor, mm-hmm. go and speak to a lawyer and write it be down. safe. If you can't do anything else, just start to write it down mm. so that when you start to doubt yourself later on, oh, but, you know, she was a good provider and she was a good mother to the kids, just write down what has been happening to you mm. and... So you can refresh your memory when you start to get doubts about yes. what's going on. Yeah. And, and hugs, that, everyone, virtual the, hugs. The, the writing it down is so important because apparently there is this element of forgetting that your oh, brain okay. shuts it out because mm. you don't want to deal with it. So mm. you wipe it out. You forget some of it. Oh, okay. And then so unless you do write it all down, particularly if you're in this coercive control pattern mm. that's happening so much, it just becomes normal mm. and you won't remember so write it down, but make sure you keep it in a place where they can't, can't be find. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely check uh, ring one eight hundred respect. Look at the show notes down the bottom. We've got links to all Get the other book. places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, consider looking at reinventing your life by Jeffrey E Young, PhD, mm-hmm. and Janet S Klosko, PhD. Um, and of course, definitely listen to our other episodes on this topic. It's super yes. important and. Don't minimise what you've been through. 
and don't justify it to anybody who you don't need to. That's right. All right. Any any anything else you want to say, Mum? Yeah, it's not you, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So instead of it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's, me, it's them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not you, yeah. it's them. And if you've, if you've uh, um, let that go on to mm. keep the peace, mm. um, you're the bigger person, you're the stronger person. Mm. Um, but once it's too much, it's too much and, yeah. and it's not you, it's them. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that, Mum. Bye. If any Bye. of this information is distressing or... If you need support in regard to domestic violence or family violence, you can call 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732 or the 24-hour online services. If you, a child or another person are in immediate danger, please call 000. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.